We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. Um, so if you don't mind, let's turn to the book of uh, Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. We'll start at verse 7. You read it. Okay. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out before their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. Verse 8. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Parasites, the pre- sorry, Prerisites, the Hevites, and the Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. I have seen the way the Egyptians were opposing them. Ten. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Um, when you read that very short measure of text, um, verse 7 through 10, um, it is a very small piece of a very big story. Um, it is about Moses. Everybody knows Moses. Raise your hand if you know, you know who Moses is. If you don't know or ever heard of Moses, then we're going to pray for you because they sang that song in elementary school. Um, but it is a very small piece of a very big story um, in the calling of Moses. And God explains to Moses that his people have been in bondage for 400 plus years. I believe the exact number that some put out there is 430 years. Um, That's a long time to be under something. Mm -hmm. I mean, we cry about four or five months of discomfort. (laughs) Imagine if you're you're uncomfortable and your generations after you are uncomfortable um, and they can't get up, get from up under the thing that you couldn't get up from up under. And he says, he says to Moses, well, Moses, I, I, I heard the cry of my people, and I see um, the discomfort they're under, and I, I, I have come down, shall I? I? He says, I, God, have come down to deliver them. And the conversation is flowing, and it is going, and everything is fine, but then God says something to Moses. He says, well, I have come down to deliver my people, but I'm, I, I want you to go deliver them. To me, that was hilarious. I mean, all-powerful God, almighty God, he comes down and says, I got a problem. My people have been under in slavery, and they've been under depression, and they've been dealing with this stuff for 400-plus years. This is a big deal for me. I've heard their cry. I've seen their misery, and I have come down to deliver them, but I want you to go do it. I would have been confused in that, mo- in that moment. Because, God, you're all-powerful. You're, you're, you're great. You could do anything, but why are you using me? And and. I, I wanted to make sure that we set the year off right, understanding that there is a desire for God to use you. He can do anything. He will do anything, but he desires to use you. Shout you. you. Look at your neighbor. Say you. you. He, he says to, to Moses that I want to deliver them from this place that they're in into a spacious place, land that belongs to them. I want them to have freedom. And they couldn't worship God the way that they um, desired to. The, the, the relationship was broken, and they were under all of this bondage, and they had taskmasters, and they had slave masters, and, and they would treat them unfairly. And they were up under this huge burden that God says, Moses, I want you, you to go speak to, watch this, I want you to go speak to the thing that has them 
under pressure. I want you to speak to the burdens of their life. I want you to speak to the slave masters. I want you to speak to the taskmasters. I want you to speak to Pharaoh, and I want you to tell the things that have my people bound, let them go. And I'm going to do all of this through you. I'm going to do all of this through you. And this is what I thought was so amazing about the text. He says that I'm going to make you capable. I'm going I'm I'm to expand your capacity so that you can go speak to. I'm going to feed you the words and so that you can go speak to the things that have my people bound. And I feel like this morning, and this is what um, God has given me and my wife, is that God has us at this space called Truth Movement Church. The word church and he wants to put the word in us so that we can go speak to the things that has the world bound God can move and do anything but he says I'm going to do it through the words that I put inside of your mouth how big is that he says listen I'm going to expand your capacity I'm going to make you better so that you can go speak to the things that are holding people down I want you to speak to a culture that's holding my people back. Oh, my goodness. I want you to speak to a society that keeps telling my people that they have to do it their way and not my way. I'm going to give you the words for it, though, Moses. I'm going to make you better so that you can go make them better. I think if we, if we take it, we only think about it as a text. Like if we hear the story and we get excited about what Moses is doing and we know the whole let my people go and then the whole there's he split the sea and they went about, we can get caught up very much in the text. But our, the chosen people of God, they're not bound by Egyptians anymore. Mm. These are still God's people. Today, they're bound by things like anxiety. I say they, I mean we. Bound by things like anxiety and hopelessness, poverty, um, depression. All of these different things, broken mindsets and systems, generational curses, bound under the weight of these things. And we, like Moses, we, Kennedy, Sean. Tanya, James, we have an obligation. See, we can get excited when we talk about like we want, he's putting the words in our mouth to go say, but I don't. It's, it's different when you understand that it's not from here. That's good. It's from there. TMC has a as a family, as a as a ministry, as a whole. That doesn't mean us. That means us. We have an obligation and responsibility to the world out there. This ministry, this family. We have the responsibility to connect the hearts of the people to the hearts of our Father. That's good. That is what this ministry is doing. We are here to raise up a community, to develop a culture of people that resemble the God that we serve, that resemble what ki- the kingdom standard of living, so that people will see it out there and be attracted to him, not to us, but to yeah. him. See, the day has changed where talking is going to help. Before, we used to have to build up courage to be able to, to, I have to, be able to tell people about Jesus. You know, like I just I just have to sometimes I'm nervous when I have to speak about Jesus. Well, guess what? That weapon's not that effective anymore because talk is cheap and people don't listen. At this point, it is the life that we are called to live on our jobs and our practices on the field, on the volleyball court, on the basketball court, at our at at the lunch tables. We are called to live and look like God now. Because that's the thing that will be undeniable. And what we're here doing as a ministry Sunday after Sunday, you see, because if you've been coming here Sunday after Sunday and enjoying this experience, this atmosphere, and you're not going out and doing anything any different, then you've completely missed the vision of the ministry because we are so much more than a church. This is a movement. 
We are developing a culture that is creeping into conversations at lunch tables, that is invading college campuses and boardrooms. That is what this mission is, is to look like, live like, and love like the truth. To be an example of what kingdom living is everywhere that we go. So that brings us to the who, because it's very easy for us to say, yes, the believers have an assignment. That means you. That means you and all things connected to Truth Movement Church. We come here Sunday after Sunday and we learn the love of God. We learn about the peace of God. We learn about the truth of God and his word. And one of the, the things that was, we were very adamant about when starting this ministry is it had to be tangible. It, could, it had to be where if you've been in ministry or in scripture for umpteen years or you've never heard a, a verse at all, you still are able to get it and apply it. It does no good if it just stays here. It does no good if it's just a good time. When you're at work on Monday, when you're wherever throughout the week, it should be something that you can still take and apply and digest, and not just digest, but look like. It should be able to come out of you in your conversations and your interactions with people because there's a world that is bound, and he's not calling Moses right now. He's calling us. Come on. Amen? Amen. So you said something. I'm, I'm, we do this. I'm, I'm sorry. We write down everything we want to say, but she starts talking and it makes me think of something. At the period that God speaks to Moses, Moses is on the backside of a mountain taking care of sheep. He's already rejected his responsibility. He's left Egypt. He, he recognizes that I'm called to this and, and, and I need to do something about this. But there's this confliction with inside of himself. So he runs and he, he goes out into the wilderness and he's out there 40 years. And he's on the backside of a mountain doing what he was doing, his conflicted self. And God comes down and says, hey, hey man, I want to use you. Listen to me, with all of the baggage that you have, with all the things that you've been through, with all the things that I know that you've said and know that you've done, hey, man, I want to use you. And, and, and my wife makes a point. She says, well, he, you know, in our mind, he says, well, we need to speak from here. No, you need to speak with your life. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? Those people knew who Moses was when he showed back up. Mm -hmm. that's, that's Moses? That's the one that left here running? That's the one who left here ashamed? That's the one who left here in, in, you know, in a rush? That's that, that, that Moses? That Moses has come back to save us? And guess what? Then God puts words in his mouth, so when he gets back, he's articulate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is the same stuttering Moses, the Moses that couldn't form a word. And this is the same Moses that God uses to come back to the people that he ran from. To say, listen, God wants to do something different. And I think oftentimes we feel that we have to be a certain way. We got to be a certain people. And I can tell you right now, this is what not, this right here, this setting that we're sitting in isn't like typical church. I don't got my J's on today. I feel uncomfortable without J's on. I don't know why. <laughs> But this is not typical church. God desires to do something different through you. Shout you. He wants to do something different through you. With all of your hangups from 2019. I always say this term, meat left on the bone. You know, like my wife used to, she said well, she knew she could date me because I left so much meat on my chicken bone. But people who eat chicken is like, how dare you disrespect that chicken like that? <laughs> But we leave, here's the thing. We leave so much meat on the bone spiritually. We show up at church and we'll take a bite of God. And uh, I, I'm more of a wing person, God. I, you know, I, I don't want a breast. I, you know, I don't want legs. I'm more, I'm more of this way, not that way. We leave so much more meat on the bone. And, and he explains to Moses, Moses, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to make you capable. So she, my wife started talking about the how. Shout how. How. I believe 
in this conversation that God, God was having with Moses, there was a lot of thought. As a matter of fact, I know it wasn't thought because it's in Scripture. Moses begins to say to God or respond to God and say, um, you know I don't speak well. Right. You, you know you're talking to me. Yeah. You know I just ran from this place. You know, what, what if they ask me your name? Mm-hmm. What if they ask me who sent me? And what if they ask me this question? And what if they do this? And what if they say that? How do I respond, God? And the question that Moses was truly asking God is, How? How? And what God gave us to, 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 to respond to that is this. God says, well, listen, man, if you can commit to what I'm saying to you mm-hmm. and you can connect, I'm going to make you capable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you can commit, listen to this now, let's, let's make this, this, this 2020 version. I almost said 2019. You make this the 2020 version. I mean, 2020 version. If you can commit, if you can show up here every week, week in, week out, and come into this atmosphere and glean, I'm going to make you capable. Mm-hmm. I'm, going, I'm going to make you capable so that you can have an impact in your sphere of, of influence. Mm-hmm. Here's what's powerful. I don't know if we always understand that everybody sitting in here has a sphere of influence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kennedy Underwood, she's, she's 12 years old. She has a sphere of influence. Yeah. Wanzel Underwood, he's, 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 he's 40, 40 years old, about to be 41. On January 16th, you can give me an Apple gift card for my birthday. <laughs> he, he, Wanzel Underwood, has a sphere of influence, out sphere of influence. He says, listen, my people are, I want you to influence my people. I'm going to make you capable. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sure that you have the words. I'm going to expand your capacity. And as you commit to me and as you connect to me, I'm going to fill your capacity so that you can go be who I'm calling you to be. But you got to stay connected. He says, listen, you commit, I give you the capacity. Mm-hmm. You stay connected, I'll fulfill that capacity mm-hmm. so that you can go do the work I'm calling you to do. Yes. Yes. If you commit, I'm going to expand your capacity. Yes. If you stay connected, I'll fulfill that capacity yes. so that you can go do the work I'm calling you to yes. do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, go ahead. So, I think it is my wife's example. I'm pretty sure it is, but I was thinking about something as I was going through this. Apple has a, a way about them that I just like. I think they're changing this, 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 uh, this, this, this aspect of their business, but their charger is only their charger. You cannot take an Apple charger and plug it to anything else because that charger with that cord on it was made for an Apple product. That cord itself is committed to an Apple. Mm-hmm. It's committed to an apple. Mm-hmm. But it does no good if there's no connection to a power source. Mm-hmm. Listen to me now. Wanzel, you said, well, come to church 52, 52 weeks this year. I'm going to do that. That's my commitment. But there also has to be a connection. Here's the thing. We can, we can go get all the Apple cords that we want and we can lay them out on the ground, but if they're not plugged up to be used and have a connection, they're not gleaning power so they can pass power to what it's connected to. There's no use. There's no purpose. You know, it's no accident that God picked Moses, right? He was obviously the most qualified for the job because Moses was a Hebrew by birth. That's good, man. So he was a Hebrew by birth, which means the people that you're sending me to, I already have a connection with. And I think sometimes we come into church <laughs> and we try, we get church and forget that the people that we were ministering to, there's a connection there. 
You speak anxiety, guess what? I speak anxiety. Come on. You spoke depression, I speak, I speak depression. Like, I've been there. Not there now, but I've been there Come before. On. So I, I, am the, I am the best candidate to be able to make this connection because of this. So it's the commitment that I have to God that makes the power and the connection that I have to people. You'll render yourself useless if you come in here and get churched and forget how you're valuable in the connection. Wow. But you will also be useless if you do not stay connected. So my, my um, daughter got or found, I don't know, this super ridiculous long charger cord. Have y'all seen these things? They're like, almost like house phone cords. You remember like the house phone, you can walk everywhere in it? It's a charger, just the cord, not the box, but, and it could go anywhere. It could reach, it reaches far. But if it is not plugged to the wall, then it doesn't matter how far it can reach. And I think that sometimes we feel like because we know of a church, or I know the people at the church, or the power source is still here. Come on. This is what makes you valid where you're going. You get what I'm saying? So Sunday after Sunday, it's kind of like how the embassy is. You, co- you come in, you're in foreign countries, and you come in, and the embassy you know, is your, your spot, your connection, and then you go back out, and you're back into a, a foreign country. You, you, you have to be committed in the connection. Because if you're not, you will get lost in what you're connected to. So it, it, if you do a visual, it would be like this. This is my anchor here. Now, I have to reach you, and I have to reach you, and I have to reach you. But I have to, this is what's stabilizing. Come on. Right. But if I just have a loose connection here, then I will be lost when I reach for there. Because though I speak your language, Come on. I, can't al- I can't allow me to get too familiar. You get what I'm saying? And I think sometimes that's what happens because we come here and we get motivated in this moment. And now I'm going out to minister at my job and other places that were familiar to me, but I'm not connecting to my power source. And I get more likened to what I've connected myself to because now I'm not committed to where I was. I told myself in 2007, I prayed. I prayed, God, these, these words, and I, and I constantly do. But I remember the first time I said it in 2007. I said, God, you take care of my house while I take care of yours. And I made a vow to that day. The ministry is never going to have to look up and wonder about me. That I'm not waiting to be asked. I want to be involved in absolutely everything that the ministry has to offer because I want God involved in everything that my family does. I want my hand to be in whatever it is that they need. And if they can't think of what they need, I'll just stand there and wait until they come up with something for somebody to do. And the way that God has brought himself and filled my house and every bit of it is because I wanted to make sure that I was in every bit of his stuff. I pa- we passed this thought process down to our children. They need to understand when it comes to Underwoods, we work in ministry. Nobody should have to look up and wonder where you are. Nobody should have to be hesitant to ask you to do anything. God should be able to count on you. But it was our commitment to the ministry that allowed us to be able to have connections to some of the most wonderful people, most sitting right here in this room, valuable connections, because there was a commitment that had to be made. We're going to push to the next, next section, but I want us to understand that without a connection, you're not valid. So here's the thing. God is not going to trust you with the influence of people if you don't have a connection. Mm-hmm. 
You can yell at the top of your voice. You can say it. You can, you can be mad. You can be screaming. You can use whatever words you desire, desire to use, and you can be uber articulate. But, if, but if, if, if there is no connection, you cannot speak on God's behalf. So he says to Moses, listen, I know you can't speak, but I'm going to spoon feed you every word. Mm -hmm. Moses, I know that you can't speak. I'm going to let your brother come, and he's articulate, and I'm going to make him get around you so that you can complete the task that I have for you. Mm -hmm. He surrounds you with the people that are necessary for you to fulfill your purpose. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. He just brings people into your life that just know how to say things, just, just know how to do things, that know how to address certain issues and, and build things. He just brings people in your life. When you say, Lord, I'm committed to this and I'm willing to stay connected to this, he will make sure he surrounds you with the necessary people to get this thing off the ground. Mm -hmm. Do you know how many businesses have failed because they didn't have the necessary people? They had people, they had a bunch of people that they had to service and all these different, but they didn't have the right person to get this idea off the ground. What I'm saying to you is this, if you stay connected, you'll just find people coming into your life that God has just placed there strategically to ensure that you, you fulfill the purpose that he's placed on your life. Okay, let's go deeper than that. He will, he will place people in your life to make sure that you can pull off being a mom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, gosh. Thank you, Jesus. He, he, he'll, he'll start placing people in your life so you can pull off being a dad. Yes, God. Well, Wanzo, I've never had a father, but if you get connected, if you stay committed, yes. he'll make Thank sure that he brings into your life the necessities that you need to pull it off. Thank you, God. It's so funny. When I met my father-in-law, I had no idea that he was going to be my father-in-law. No idea. God knew 20 plus years ago that I was going to need this man mm -hmm. so that I could understand how to be a man. Mm -hmm. And it was just such a casual thing. I'm showing up for a birthday party and I'm just here and I'm just doing my thing and I ain't thinking of nothing. I mean, my wife, left, I ain't going to let her tell the story. Don't you say a word. <laughs> I, I, I thought I was just showing up for a birthday party. But he was, oh, God, y'all, he was just strategically placing the people in my life that I needed to, so, so that I can pull this thing off. You see, it's all encompassing with God. He just doesn't do one thing. Oh, gosh. He, just, he doesn't do just one thing. So we're talking about your purpose in regards to ministry, your purpose in regards to your kingdom assignment. But I'm saying this. If you decide to, to, to steady yourself here, God says, I'll do it over here. Mm -hmm. I'll do it over here. Mm -hmm. I'll do mm -hmm. it over there. And you'll find yourself with a surplus. Oh, God. He, he'll, you'll find yourself with a surplus of people in your life. Mm -hmm. I, I need to phone a friend. Yes. Have you ever dealt with this? Have you ever had, had these feelings? Have you ever gone at it this way? I mean, he just brings people into your life that can help you pull this thing off. Shout, pull it off. Pull it off. Oh, life has to be pulled off. Yes, yes. You just don't go, you just don't do life. I hate to hear people, I'm just doing life. Okay. No, life Life's going to do you. you. <laughs> yeah, life is doing you. Yeah. Listen, life has to be picked up and carried and pulled off. Okay. Ministry is bigger than, and my husband and I grew up in church, like legit grew up in church. And I think that sometimes, over time, church has, has taken on church. And scripture preached is wonderful, but scripture lived is effective. Yeah. 
and the the ministry truth truth movement church our focus is on living scripture teaching it so that we can live it in the past four years we're going on five years um, this year will be five our fifth year um, we have made an intentional effort on making sure that Truth Movement Church is a place that you can come in and feel comfortable in the presence of God, whether it's your very first time ever being in a church at all, or you were grown up in church as we were. If you're used to the old traditional church, or you are used to um, the Catholic church, I don't know, anything. When you come in here, it should be atmosphere where we're welcome. Going into, and we're, we'll shift a little bit because we're going into a projection for this year, but before we even get into the understanding and the meat of truth movement and where it is we're going, it's important to reflect on what it is that we've already done. So, so last year we said we were going to do three things and, and um, <clears throat> we wanted to make sure that we kept it very simple. We said that we were going to do Sundays, we were going to supplement, and we were going to serve. Say we're going to do Sundays, do Sundays, supplement, supplement, and serve. Um, and I am, um, and this is probably my, one of my favorite parts because I'm like, I'm a numbers guy. I like to, to, to see numbers. Um, so the first thing we said last year was that we were going to do Sunday. And that is exactly what we did. Um, last year, we had four staple teaching series um, that we taught from. Um, the first one was vision. The second was friends. The next one was habits. And the last was home for the holidays. Um, so for me, looking at it, I'm like, well, Wanda, that was only four. But if you have a conversation with someone who was in those series, they would say to you, this one right here was mine. You know what I mean? And, and what, what is so amazing about that is that because of what we're teaching, um, it, is, it is getting out there and it is impacting people that just don't sit here on a Sunday morning. So last year, um, we had 2.6 thousand podcast downloads. 2.6 thousand podcast downloads. Hear me on this, and this is the number I like. This is 43% greater than what we did the year before. Yeah. 43% greater than what we did the year before. So what does that mean? The conversations that we're having here every single week, yeah. people out there want it. Mm -hmm. yeah, they, they want what we're doing here. So they're going online, downloading, and I'm not, here's, here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that I'm such a great preacher, but I'm talking about the conversation that you and I have. Mm -hmm. You ever sit around somebody and you're not in the conversation, but you're taking everything that you hear in this conversation? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. That is what we get to do every single week is have a conversation of things that we deal with every single day. And it is making a difference. We have 43% growth. Now, here's the thing. I'm a numbers guy. If you look at the city of Orlando, it has grown year over year by 10%. Every single year it grows by 10%. So if you ask any business person out there, if I have 10% growth, that was a phenomenal year. We have 43% growth. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. 43% growth. Check this out. If you ask an independent person, an independent business person, they're just doing it for themselves, if they're in the black, if it's 0.5% better than it was last year, we had a winning year. Yeah. Guys, we 43%. That means that we're having the right conversations. We're talking about the things that are on the hearts of God, on the hearts of the people. They need to hear it. Mm -hmm. The next thing, what we did on Sundays and what we did as a result of Sunday is that we gave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. We gave 26% more than we did the year before. 
Oh, you should clap for that. Yeah. Listen to me now. In, in, in a space where churches are struggling to stay open, we gave 26% more. That means that somebody here sees what is going on here and says, you know what? I need to give to this. Mm-hmm. That is a big deal. Mm-hmm. To see that we grew in these areas specifically are blowing my mind. Mm-hmm. Because an upstart is not supposed to grow. Right. An upstart is not supposed to have a, 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 a position in, in, in social media, in a position in podcasts. We have those positions. And as a matter of fact, when we come here and get together, we decide, you know what? I like what we're doing here. I'm giving to it. Mm-hmm. Last one. We said that we were going to serve. This one makes me super. Listen, this is not the last one. I'm sorry. Um, but we said that we were going to serve. We had four outreach opportunities last year, which were amazing, all four of them. We fed the children. We went to, 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 to feed children all, all across the world. I, I might be... Feed children everywhere. Feeding children everywhere, across the world everywhere. That's <laughs> it's everywhere. all the same That's thing. everywhere. <laughs> we went to Harbor House. We went to Second, Second Harvest, Harvest. And we did Ronald McDonald House. Here's the thing about this ministry. This is a staple of what we do. Not just sitting in these four walls and just talking and chopping it up with each other and talking about Jesus. No, Jesus needs to be outside of these four walls. And people just need to be around us. Mm-hmm. Amen. Not every ministry opportunity means we need to get in the microphone and talk scripture. We need to be able to put our hands on the people in the community and show and look like the love of God. And the last one, and the most important one for me, um, is spiritual growth. Now, I said I'm a numbers guy, and you cannot quantify this. But this is something that you just know and that you just feel and that you see. So when you have conversations with people who say, I I got that. I never got it before, but I got that. That's growth. When you see families starting to restructure and you see men starting to take, stand up and take their stand in regards to how God has called them to lead the family, that is, that is growth. Spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Well, ones though, there's not a number for the seats. I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a numbers for the seats kind of guy. Right. I want something to be down on the inside. I want, I want the flavor to be in everybody. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. For going forward, I will first, before we even discuss the going forward, give yourself a round of applause for last year. Because those are accomplishments that people would like to say, oh, that, those pastors, that's not us. That is this family of Truth Movement Church has yeah. changed and grown so much in a calendar year. And that's just the people who are in the seats. It makes me think about different conversations that I've had with coworkers and friends from things that have taken place here. To the point where I have people that come and ask me, what do you guys talk about at your church on Sunday? Like, it's become a thing. What you, are you guys in a series? What are you guys talking about? I know you guys. And, like, actually interested. And they might not ever rest in these seats, but they're affected by what happens here. And that is a very, very big deal. This year for 2020, we're making sure that there's just a couple of things that we're already doing great that we want to make sure that we just be more intentional about. Um, our main focus, I would say, um, well, we talk about just our Sunday morning service. Um, there are people, and I know that I'm not the only person who knows this, there are people who desperately need our God that we see every day. There are people that we hear things that they're going through, we hear things that are happening around them, and we feel for them, 
sometimes it's just heartbreaking. It's enough to sit on our hearts and our minds. But is it enough to sit? Does it sit heavy enough on our hearts to reach out to them and bring them here? Hmm. Is it enough to say, you know, hey, you want to come with me on Sunday? Or, hey, you want to come with me to my movement group? Or link up in some kind of way? Because knowing the pain of somebody and discussing it without offering what we know is the solution is not cool. And that's not the way we operate for TMC. Because it's our job to be a safety net. So on Sunday mornings, we want to make sure that the coworker that we're so concerned about or the neighbor that we're so concerned about, we have, we have at least invited them into the conversation when it comes to TMC, when it comes to the movement groups, when it comes to any activity or any interaction that we have, we need to make sure that we're reaching out. We want to be intentional as a family on making sure that we do that. I went and took a mental note of all the places that I go because I'm always ripping and running, but my world is very small. I'm at work, I'm at practice, I'm aware. But God, who in those settings yeah. needs you? And then set the stage, God, for me to be able to offer you in a way that they can understand. Sometimes I might have to work it a little bit. I might have to make sure that I'm making a connection with somebody I wouldn't usually make a connection with. But I just got to get in there close enough to be able to exemplify the love of God to make it attractive enough to find the opportunity. Because I have a movement group you can go to. I can pick you up if you, you don't have to worry about a ride. Like, and we eat there, so it's good. Like, we can go after work. We can go after whatever. God, give me creative ways to make sure that your people get to feel the love of you tangibly. That's our job um, at Truth Movement Church. I want you to stay there. But so it is, it is what, what God is doing here in, at Truth Movement Church is, for me, different than anything I've ever experienced. Um, I, I think about the men's movement and the conversations that we have, just conversation. And I say to myself, I wish the, the, the men that I talk to on a day-to-day -day basis, I say to myself, he need to come be part of this conversation. Because two things, it's twofold. One, men don't talk. <laughs> we don't. We, we, we don't talk. And that's why we feel like we're getting beat up all the time by our wives because she can give us a verbal onslaught and we don't have a response for it, so we feel disrespected. <laughs> lean this way, men. Don't say yes, just lean this way. No. <laughs> but the second part of that, j just not just having a conversation, but, I'm, but we're having conversations that I should have had when I was 13, 14, 15, 16, and understanding fear and, and, and understanding what it, to, what it means to be a man and all these different conversations that we just have. And we're doing it over a slice of pizza and chicken wings. I, I got to say they're great. They're amazing. But the conversation that we have is, and, and here's my thing, it's not just conversation, but it's an inviting conversation. Because here's the thing, all of us are the same. We all deal with the same stuff. Yours may be packaged just a little bit different, but you're dealing with the same exact thing that I'm dealing with. Or you've dealt with it. Mm -hmm. Can I put another or? Or you're going to deal with it. There you go. So why not be around people who are just simply having the conversation that you should have had 10 years ago? Right. Check this out. There are feelings that we all have that we never verbalize. And what I love about the men's group, I can't speak for the women's group because I'm obviously a man, but the, <laughs> but the men's group, we are able to put words to the things that every man feels. Oh, gosh, listen to me. He may never say it, but he'll express it. And can I, can I give it to you again? 
the fact that he won't verbalize it gives the enemy an opportunity to, to pervert what he feels. So if I never put words to it and, and I don't know that I'm not defeated by this, then the enemy gets an opportunity. If I never say anything to it, the enemy gets an opportunity to pervert exactly how I feel. And I know that all other men feel the same way, but I feel like I'm the only one that deals with this, this thing specifically. So the enemy has an opportunity to play and have his way in our mind with how we feel. And everybody else feels the same way, but I think it's just me. So I need to go get a release. I'm gonna go get a, I'm gonna go get a, I'm gonna go get a loaf of bread and never come back home. <laughs> listen to me now. <laughs> because listen to me, because all he really truly needed was to just have a conversation about how he was feeling. But I can't do it with my wife because she can outtalk me. <laughs> oh gosh, y'all. Okay. That is, but that points to the what we the other thing we're saying we're being intentional on is this year, for those of us who know who know us personally outside of ministry, family is everything. Family is absolutely everything. Um, I always say I, I appreciate compliments on clothes, makeup, and achievements, but the biggest reward that I have is my is my family. That that is the biggest trophy I could ever carry is is my family and we are making an intentional focus on family for 2020 on all parts. We're making sure that we're able to minister to the women in the home. We're able to the, the men in the home. We have movement groups now for our middle school girls, for our elementary school. We want the whole package. Yeah. And we say families, and I think sometimes our singles assume that because there is not a, a husband or wife title that that does not include you. But you are, you are a family. <laughs> you are still a part of a family. And there's still a role and expectation and a wholeness there that applies to you as well. So please understand when we say the focus on family, we don't mean mommy, daddy, children. We mean the entire family in its totality. And we want to make sure that we're covering all of it from the um, um, financial piece of it, making sure that we're building people with, so we can have strong financial situations in our home. Uh, making sure that we are being support groups and make sure that we're able to not make, we want to make sure that nobody feels like they are doing this alone. It is it is sad to see that there are families. I know that we've seen some things in the news most recently about some um, families that are in homeless situations and there's a very hopeless feeling that's out. And I always wonder where were their people? Yeah. Like maybe not their relatives, but where were their people? Where were the people that should have looked in their eyes and seen that something was off? even if they didn't say it. This year, we want to make sure that as a ministry, we are making that connection um, across the board to each other and intentionally focus on family. Um, we don't necessarily broadcast the things that we do, but we've had homeless families come through here, and they've sat in this, in this setting and, and gleaned, and w w their situation outside of work, we just took care of it. We just worked them through it. And w the statement that you make is, you know, where was the family? That is the support that we are. So here's the thing, right? So, so when, when, and I, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to continue to do this, but when there's a, when there's a rift in a relationship, in a marital relationship, oftentimes the, the, the man has to go back or the woman has to go back to their family and say how they feel about them. But now you leave them with an opinion of who this person is. 
listen to me now, that wasn't necessarily the safe setting to express how you felt about what was going on in this relationship. But if you're with people and you're around people and you're having conversations to make you know that this is okay to feel this way, they won't have a judgment mm -hmm. of this person yeah. right. because they know that we all deal with this. This is the, listen to me, this is the, I'm just going, our first series for the year is going to start in the end of January or the beginning of February, one of the two, but it's I Need Love. I've had so many conversations this year that lets me know that we don't understand love. We have no idea what love is. I remember when I was a boy, and I'm sorry to go on a rant, but I remember when I was a boy, when I was a little boy, and, and, and both my parents were in the house at the time, and, and they would say, kiss your dad. I would have a fit. I would cry, fall out, roll, kiss your dad, and tell him you love him. It was a thing. It was very uncomfortable. It was, it was, I didn't understand it, but here's the thing. That is the same thing that we oftentimes feel when I, when I have to understand and grasp that he loves me and I love him. And it's like, well, God, I don't really understand this relationship and how I'm supposed to progress through this relationship. So show me how you love me. Explain that to me. And that is the, importance that we, the important thing that we have to understand that coming here every single week, we get to know the mind of our father and how he feels about me. And how he feels about you. Can I just tell you? The reason why I had a, a, a fit when my dad would want me to say I loved you. And I would give him because I didn't understand how he felt about me. I never got to hear his heart in regards to me. But now I got to tell you that I love you. So, so here's the thing, right? This year, 2020. We're going to be dealing with all of that. It's already chalked up. It's ready to go. But I, I have to make you understand this. It's, it's kind of like a, a, a 2019 version of a car and a 2020 of the ver a version of the car. So if you don't notice, typically cars get a full redesign every seven years, right? They'll, they'll change things about the car, but they don't redesign the car. So from the outside looking in, there's, mm, there's not a whole lot that changed. But when you get in the car, you'll see, well, this car didn't have a backup camera last year. They've got a different lever package this year. And that is the same thing that has happened at TMC this year. We're still going to do Sundays. We're still going to supplement. And we're still going to serve. But you got to get in it to tell all the difference. Because it is, it is just going to be this, this, this uh, it's going to be this note of family through everything we do this year. Not every sermon is going to be about family. But the big picture it's going to be about the independent pieces of family. Because here's the thing, and this is, it makes me nervous as all good. I got two boys in my house that's coming up in age, and they're starting to look at um, the opposite sex and, and thinking long term. So I start to question myself. I don't know if any other parents have done this. Did I teach them well enough about family? <laughs> here's my thing, right? Many of us have gone into marital situations, knew nothing about how to be in a family. Because in, in, in most families, there is a person that holds everything together. So I don't know everybody can have input. Oh, gosh. Everybody can play a role. My 12-year-old daughter is responsible for helping to hold the family together. Okay. Uh, yes, babe. <laughs> 
Google to our, and I, I, for some, they, I know this is re repetitious, but the mission statement of Truth Movement Church is to present the truth in an applicable fashion that will create an atmosphere where all people can come to know God. That's what we do. That's what you do. That as, as a family, this is the mission of this ministry, not just here on Sunday mornings, but to present the truth in an applicable fashion, in a lived out, tangible way, not just to present the truth word on paper, but to present the truth in our jobs and present the truth in our communities and present the truth everywhere it is that we go in an applicable fashion. That means seeing it in motion, seeing it in action, to create atmosphere, an atmosphere, and not just an atmosphere here in service, but everywhere that Tina is, the atmosphere of God should be. Everywhere that, I can't call you by your first name, my mama is, <laughs> Ma is. It's, there should be an atmosphere. We should look like where we come from. I can't tell you how many times I've been in places and they would be like, you are Wendell Martin's daughter. And he's nowhere around, but they know me because the, the feel of my family is on me. When you're not, when the rest of TMC is not with you and you are wherever it is you are, you should look like the atmosphere. But the, catch it, it says the atmosphere where people can come to know God. That I should be able to be a light to where people know there's something about me different and they can get to know the God that I serve in my presence. That is the mission of Truth Movement Church. So we want to press you this year. I know this is kind of, I said to myself when we were putting this together, this is like, I don't know if you've, any of you have ever done sports, but uh, when I was <clears throat> in college, um, they would make us get in this ice bath. Like, as soon as we walked off the field, they would make us dive inside of an ice bath, and it shocks your system, but it rejuvenates you. And I think this conversation is kind of like that. You know, you're supposed to kind of roll into a new year and talk about building yourself up. No, we're talking about building the kingdom. This is yeah. the perspective. Yeah. This is to shock the system. This is to shock the body, to rejuvenate us, to say, you know what, God, I'm doing this thing for you. Yeah. And I understand because I've, I've, I've seen it displayed before me, but I understand that if I do this for you, you're going to do it for me in all areas. So I'm pressing you this year. We're pressing you this year. The TMC body is pressing you this year to be here. Get in it. God is pressing you because God, God is crying to his people, to TMC. To each of us in every seat, Moses, go get my people that are bound, that are lost, that are broken, and bring them back so that they can worship me. Because you do know that's why he went, right? He said, Pharaoh, let oh, my yeah. people go so they can worship me. Not so they can just go be free and run around. No, you go bring them so that they can worship me. That is the task of each and every one of us. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.